0: Season tickets for the 2020-21 Menor Icebreaker season are now on sale. Fans can take advantage of the best pricing on games as well as a variety of benefits all season long by becoming a season ticket holder. Home dates for the upcoming season are still being finalized, but the Federal Prospects Hockey League has announced it will return to play on December 18th. The Icebreakers will have a minimum of 23 home games this season. Until the schedule is finalized, fans can make a deposit on their seats. The remaining balance will be collected following the schedule's release. All season ticket holders will be issued a season pass at a private event ahead of the start of the season, and fans can also pick up their passes at the arena if they are
1: unable to attend. Some really exciting benefits this season for uh, all-season ticket holders. 10% off the face value of each ticket. 10% off all Icebreakers merchandise. uh, That private pickup event at the beginning of the season. And then all-season ticket holders this season will get a special gift on opening night. So head on over to MentorIcebreakers.com slash season tickets to reserve your seats.
0: From the corner of Munson and Civic Center Boulevard. I'm Angela Vallada and welcome to Into the Depths, the official Menor Icebreakers podcast. I'm joined alongside by Jared Tennant. And Jared, we have a jam packed show today as the Menor Icebreakers had a very, Busy last couple of weeks since our last episode.
1: Yeah, a ton of news coming out of the team over the last couple of weeks, but today, uh, in today's episode, we'll have an interview with goaltender Brendan Colgan, one of the attendees at Free Agent Camp, who actually received an invite to main training camp in December. Our first front office feature with Icebreaker's Lake Health team trainer, Rayshawn Bailey. Uh, Quick Coach's Corner with Coach Ragno, uh, just recapping the latest news, and then we'll do a quick around the FPHL segment, talking about some of the news around the league.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting show, and we are glad you joined us for Episode 6 of Into the Depths with the Menor Icebreakers. And Jared, when you first take a look, the action really started taking place one week ago with the trades, but I know we wanted to get into on last Wednesday, the 21st, there was actually a live signing just cat corner to us right here in the Menor Icebreakers team office where General Manager and Director of Hockey Operations Nick Russo and Head Coach Sebastian Ragno introduced the live signing of Marcus Ortiz,
1: the righty forward, 5'11", 181 from Garland, Texas. And you look at Ortiz, he's one of those guys that he would not be in this league if it weren't for the coronavirus because the ECHL, some of the teams aren't playing, the SPHL, five teams have opted out of the season. So there's, that's a ton of talent just trickling down the pipeline and... You're seeing the results of that across the FPHL and now here in Menor with the signing of Ortiz.
0: Yeah, Ortiz played for the Rapid City Rush of the ECHL from 16 through 18 and then was with the Knoxville Ice Bears, Macon Mayhem, and Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs, all of the SPHL. And he's put up some big numbers back with Knoxville in the 2017-18 season at a 15-16-31 scoring line in 36 games played. Stayed with the Ice Bears to start 1819, 12 28 in 47 games played. Only a brief stint with the Make and Mayhem to be, uh, finish out the 1819 campaign with a uh, just added one point in six games. But then in 1920, had 11 4 15 points for the Mayhem in 31 games and finished out the season. Must have been a teammate of Austin Rodebush at this time, with the Rail Yard Dogs, a 3-6-9 scoring line in 18 games. So a guy who has played at the upper two echelons, that is a uh, big catch for down here in the FPHL and the Menor Icebreakers.
1: We've had a lot of players who are extremely talented offensively, but I think Ortiz is going to step in as probably the best forward we've ever had. I mean, this is a guy that's been in the ECHL, had success, has 84 points over 138 career SPHL games, so... He's already established himself at the next level, and we're just kind of lucky that he's going to end up here in Mentor this season. Well, and you start seeing some of the moves take place, the guys coming back. you got the training camp bringing some people in.
0: Like we said, we would talk to Brendan Colgan, um, some other youngsters, and then some trades that we're about to get into. And uh, if you're a fanatic, you got to start liking the way the team's shaping
1: and this puzzle's coming together. Yeah, for sure. And with the addition of Ortiz, I think one thing Coach Ragno pointed out was, He's going to be a really good role model for those younger players who are here to try to make the jump to the next level, which obviously is everybody on the team. I mean, it's a developmental league, and the goal is to move up. He's well, he's been there. Exactly. So he knows what it takes, and uh, also, what's it like when you get
0: there, and what are some of the challenges as a player coming up from the you know smaller leagues? How do you go from the SPHL to the CHL or vice versa, and... Uh, he can help them navigate those waters because, like you said, these uh, guys' all dream is to move up the pipeline and play play at the next level. So uh, from us here at the Breakers broadcast booth, definitely want to welcome Marcus Ortiz officially to the team. That was announced on last Wednesday. But the week got off to a fast start because on Monday there were two trades made for the men Breakers, icebreakers. And the first one is one that's going to definitely resonate with the fanatics and it was the move made, trading Declan Conway, the Painesville, Ohio native, 5'10", 180 righty, to the Carolina Thunderbirds for both Daniel Martin and Jason Stone. Now, first we've got to thank Conway for his few years here as a mentor icebreaker. In the 18-19 campaign, played 35 games, injury-shortened season, had 10-10, 20 scoring line. And then last year really kicked it up a notch in 39 games played with a 29 29- 23, 52 scoring line, and puts him, if I'm not mistaken, something you'd be able to learn in that Men Are Icebreakers information records book, one point higher uh, than Mark Esri as the top two scores in Icebreakers history. So before we get to the guys that we got from down in Winston-Salem, uh, Jared, any thoughts on Declan Conway in his couple of seasons
1: yeah, obviously, nobody really wanted to see him go here in Mentor, but you know when a guy requests a trade, he's looking for something different in his career, it's kind of the best thing to do is honor that request, especially a guy like Declan, who's just given you everything he has over the last couple of years. So, Obviously, pretty sad to see the top scorer go, the hometown kid, kid go, but... We wish him the best of luck down in Carolina with the Thunderbirds. So we
0: move forward, and general manager uh, Nick Russo and head coach Sebastian Randall pull in two talented players from the Thunderbirds. First, the lefty, Daniel Martin, 6'1", 185, and he's had some good experience. He actually played first in the FPHL and the 17-18 season with the Cornwall Nationals, 31 games played, 9-9-18. Then to finish out the year, he became a Danville Dasher and wrapped up the season with 16 games played and a 3-3-6 scoring line. In 1819, kind of stepped it up a notch in his department. 59 games played with the Dashers and had 22-37-59, easy math there, a point a game in a full-length season as a Danville Dasher was Daniel Martin. And then last year in 40 games played with the Carolina Thunderbirds, 17-17-34, Not quite the point of game, but close to it. And you got to think, Jared, Carolina has such a slew of talented players. So if you're still knocking in 34 points as a member of the very uh, deep Thunderbirds roster, then you're doing something right.
1: And if you were going to trade away Conway, you had to get this kind of return. I mean, Daniel Martin, he's going to be a top three forward on this roster more than likely. I know there's a lot of talent coming in, but Martin's a guy that obviously, as you mentioned, scored at a point-per-game pace in Danville, was a key piece in Carolina last year. 117 points over almost 150 games in the FPHL, so this this is a guy who's been around this league, and I know he's killed us more than once uh, while playing for the Dashers and the Thunderbirds against us, and then also last season had that three-game stint in the SPHL with Fayetteville, which just kind of goes to show he's one of those guys that really has the potential to move up to the next level.
0: Well, on, I want to piggyback on something you said about Ortiz coming in and instantly being a top-tier forward. Now you throw Daniel Martin in with him, and as we talked about, you see the puzzle pieces to in, coming together offensively, and we know a lot of the season last year, once the offensive rhythm cooled down, it cooled down dramatically. So to get that offensive rhythm going on the ice again will be really nice to see. Yeah, so,
1: a ton of talented forwards coming in for sure. Uh, not only Martin and Ortiz, but a lot of other guys uh, trades and signings over this offseason
0: well they also got another player in the trade it was a two for one and Jason Stone left a six-one 185 pounds yep I didn't say it twice well I did but it's two different players I had to double check when preparing for the show uh, both Martin and Stone are left-handed six foot 185 pound players did you know that Jared
1: that's a nice little fun fact for yeah. you.
0: <laughs> so Stone, in his one season last year, twelve games played with the Battle Creek Rumblebees, a one-one-two line, But another presence uh, added in to come along with Daniel Martin. So uh, a big trade, nonetheless, to start the week for the Menor Icebreakers.
1: I think Jason Stone kind of adds on to that trend this off season of one targeting talented forwards, and then two, talenti- targeting uh, big. Uh, um, defensemen on the back end. That's been a problem not having those big physical defensemen in manner, but that's something that's been addressed. You'll see uh, with some of the dispersal draft selections as well.
0: And you saw that a little bit near the end of last year when they brought Mark Steelen from the Rumble Rumblebees. Just add some size back there, it uh, definitely is needed when you got those big time forwards coming at you from the top tier teams. Well, while the Icebreakers parted ways with longtime Declan Conway. They brought another longtime face back in on Monday as they traded to get Vaughn Clauston from the Columbus River Dragons for financial considerations. And Icebreaker fans, fanatics will remember Clauston. He actually started his FPHL career in 17 18. Two games played with a 101 scoreline with the North Shore Knights, but then. Really found his way in the league in the 1819 season. 35 games played with the Icebreakers and amassed a 7-12-19 scoring line. Then last year began the season with the Icebreakers. 18 games with the guys in double blue and a 2-9-11 scoring line. Finished out the season 24 games down in Columbus, Georgia and had a 2-12-14 line. But good to have Vaughn Clauston coming back a familiar face with all of the new faces uh, in and out for the Icebreakers.
1: and He's a guy that's proven he can really contribute offensively as a defenseman. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but I know a lot of Icebreakers fans are going to be really pleased to see Vaughn coming back. He's a guy that obviously is going to contribute to your offensive effort from the defensive end.
0: Well, and one thing, too, and I, I don't have the th- statistics right in front of me to back it up, but I know it's true, is that uh, Vaughn was somebody that when he would get into an offensive rhythm, he really would get into one, and he had a, several multi-point nights when he would pick up some points. So, uh, Clauston will be returning home here to Mentorais Arena, and another guy joining him, because the Motor City Rockers are one of the two teams going dormant this year, along with the Delaware Thunder, leaving a little unfinished business between Delaware and Menor for another season, as we were in the middle of an uh, epic series home and away with them last season before the season got cut short. But... Tim Perks is coming back to the team. We had just a few shows ago talked about it'll be sad to see Tim go because he was such a vital role on and off the ice. So the way this works is when a team goes dormant, if they had uh, been – Sent over to it uh, from another team, they go their rights go back to the original team. Now we'll get to something that's on the flip side here in a moment about how we will earn the rights to certain players this year from dispersal drafts, but they will then return to their respective home teams. But to wrap that up, with Tim Perks
1: is officially coming back to the Mener Icebreakers. Kind of weird. We had like the Tim Perks tribute episode. Now <laughs> all of a sudden he's back in Mener, but definitely good to see Vaughn and Tim. Back here in Northeast Ohio where they had the first two years of both of their FPHL careers.
0: Now, aren't those guys two of the guys that are from that Rochester Hills, Michigan area?
1: Yeah, It was uh, Clauston, Perks, and Stephen Fowler, who's with the Port Huron Prowlers now. So we'll have two of those three back here.
0: Two-thirds of the trio back. So the Icebreakers, Tim Perks joining uh, the Icebreakers back. So then on Thursday the 22nd, so very busy week. Uh, Monday the 19th, you had the trade for Clausewitz, you had the big trade for Daniel Martin and Jason Stone. Wednesday, the big signing right here in the team office uh, for our Ortiz. And then Thursday, the Icebreakers got four players for the season from the Delaware and Motor City Dispersal Drafts. They got three from the Thunder Draft, which obviously bigger team already established, and one uh, in the Rockers Draft. So the Icebreakers actually had the second overall pick in round one when they selected Anton Kalinin from the Delaware Thunder. And Kalinin, uh, the Russian native, has put up some numbers that he's always tend to deal well against the Icebreakers, fit in that category. And uh 1819 with Watertown, 45 games played, 12 20 32 scoring line. Then he started the season last year with Watertown, only five games and picked up one point, but his numbers, Jared, in Delaware to finish out last year's season, 32 games played. 45 scoring line. That's over a point per game.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy how much offensive talent's been added just in a a matter of a couple of weeks, really, between Kalinan, you had Marcus Ortiz, you got Daniel Martin. That's a first line in the FPHL right there. (laughs)
0: That's a very good first line in the FHL, So excited to see that. So then it went down, and from what I was trying to follow, piece it together from the other team's dispersal draft post. It looked like it had a serpentine sort of following uh, draft order, and they had the 16th overall pick in the Delaware draft. It picked up Thomas Municello in round two, and he's the Weymouth, Massachusetts native, five nine one seventy four. He played D3 hockey at Babson College. 1920 season last year, one game with Elmira, but then with Delaware, 43 games played, 12-18-30 line. So tell us a little bit more about uh, Thomas Municello
1: and the pickup there for the Icebreakers. Yeah, Municello, definitely one of the more uh, noticeable offensive guys for the Thunder last season, uh, obviously in college, with Babson, NCAA D3 guy. He was a team captain as a senior, had a career-high 21 points as a senior, tied for the team league or team lead, that is, with 16 assists. So another guy that could really slot in nicely here for Menner.
0: So with that serpentine order, the Icebreakers had the following pick, the 17th overall pick, to kick off round three, and took J.C. Moritz, a Philadelphia native, 6'4", 205. There's some size for you. The lefty played D3 at Newman University, and last year also played some time in Slovakia over in Europe.
1: I'm not sure if it's Moritz or Moritz. I was trying to figure that out, but never got confirmation. But another one of those big defensemen, six four, two o five, uh, native of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's only 25 years old, so another another guy that could try to make the team as that big-body defenseman.
0: And the Icebreakers have really uh taken advantage of the knowledge of knowing that PA area, that Canada, that Ohio area, and having uh, both Coach Ragnall and General Manager Nick Russo uh, so familiar with those areas, you know, uh, is definitely helpful. So those were the three picks in the Delaware draft, and then the Icebreakers had the first overall pick in the Motor City draft, and took Nick Treffry uh, uh I, I want to say it's Treffery. Treffry. So I apologize, Nick Treffry, uh, from Upland, California, six three two twenty nine righty defender. Let's say that again: six three two twenty nine defender. Uh, with a right-handed shot, played D3 hockey at Northland College and for Indiana Tech at Jared. That is a lot of size from both uh, Moritz and, what was it again? Trefry? Trefry. Trefry. They have a lot of size adding there on the back line for the Icebreakers.
1: I think between uh, Moritz, Stone, and Trefry, I think Trefry has the best chance to make the team just based on his previous uh, offensive skill he's shown. He had 14 points with Indiana Tech. At the ACHA level last year, had some pretty good numbers with Northern College at the NCAA D three level. Another one of those guys, big body defenseman that could really slot in and uh, help on the offensive end as well. I tell you what, really excited. Later in the coach's corner, we'll uh, get Coach
0: Ragnall's thoughts because this is a lot of moves. But uh, Jared, what are, what are your thoughts though, uh, briefly here on kind of. Pretty epic week if you're a fanatic
1: watching at home. I mean, I already thought the team was going to be in a pretty good position heading into this year, but this really changes a lot of, I mean, how they were looking. I think a lot of all these moves are based on the fact that, one, obviously the two teams in the FBHL are going dormant, and then, two, a lot of the upper-level leagues are either having a limited season or just having a couple teams sit out. That's a lot of talent that trickles down the pipeline, and teams like Metter and the FBHL could take advantage.
0: Well, so that concluded the very busy week for... Uh, general manager Nick Russo and head coach Sebastian Ragno starting on Monday going through Thursday making waves here at Menor Ice Arena and again later today on this episode we'll catch up with coach Ragno and get his thoughts directly from a head coach's perspective so that'll be great to see uh, but as a fanatic get excited we're getting closer to the ice which we'll talk about here in the next segment and uh, you gotta like what you're seeing from the Menor Ice Breakers front office. Koozies, pint glasses, coasters, shot glasses, golf balls, and even cornhole boards are all available at Menoricebreakers.com. Click the Team Store tab and check out all of the new official team merchandise, plus all of the hoodies, hats, t-shirts, plush, pennants, and more. All right, we're going to be talking with Brendan Colgan, one of the goaltenders who came to the free agent camp. I just want to give you a little background before we talk with Colgan. In the 14-15 campaign with the Colorado Eagles of the WSHL, played 11 Games and then in the 15-16 season, 16 games played with the Jersey Shore Wildcats of the NA3HL was before spending four seasons with Westchester University, playing 69 games there. And in his final season, 15 games played at Westchester and had second best in his career, 233 goals allowed and a career best 919 save percentage. All right. We are joined now by Brendan Colgan for a player interview here on this Monday morning. And Brendan, thanks for joining us here today.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. How's it going?
0: Things are going good. It's been a busy week and off season for the are Icebreakers. And uh, how has your off season been so far?
2: Uh, not bad. I mean, with COVID and everything, it was kind of tough. I'm from Philly, so like everything's been closed down for a while now. I actually ended up moving to Indiana to train. So been there for a while.
0: So let me just ask you, since you say you're from Philly, and I asked uh, General Manager Nick Russo this as well: best place to get a cheesesteak?
2: I like Pats. Okay. I, yeah, I mean I've had Geno's too, but I go Pats.
0: <laughs> just I had—I mean—that's you have to ask somebody from Philly that question.
1: So
2: yeah, you got D'Alessandro's is another good one. A lot of the guys like that, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a bunch of places.
1: All right. So just looking at uh, back at your career after your junior career. Uh, You spent four years playing a a pretty big role at Westchester University uh, at the ACHA D1 level. Just talk a little bit about your time at Westchester.
2: Uh, It was good. I knew my coach. uh, He brought me in. He was my 18U coach at the Tier 1 Elite League. He was my assistant. He brought me over. Uh, We were in a really good division. We played against, like, Delaware, Rhode Island, Liberty, a lot of solid D1 clubs. We were a young team. We had, like, I was one of, like, three – uh, like age out players. So most of the guys were 18 coming in Liberty. There was a guy that was 27. It was like kind of tough to play against. them. we dropped down in division, uh, my junior and senior year. And then we ended up winning our conference my junior year, but, uh, it was challenging. I was getting 60, 70 shots a game. I saw for a freshman sophomore year playing every game. So that was tough.
0: <laughs> yeah. That got you bad already real quick. So, uh, looking at your stats, they seem to indicate you had steady improvement over each college season. Was that one of your focuses as you developed just having year to year growth?
2: Uh, yeah. So I, um, juniors, tough time. I was kind of working through it. And then once I got the, I kind of grew up a little bit as I was going to college and, uh, all four years, just, basically there for hockey obviously i did school got through that but uh yeah i made a lot of improvements over the last four years
1: yeah i mean in college it seems like you were kind of the number one goalie uh each season that you were there started off on a team that struggled you only had one um one winning season ever and then went 40 and 14 as a junior and senior uh those two years combined what do you think kind of led to that program turnaround
2: Uh, We picked up a lot of good players. Uh, We had, you know, our recruitment was top. Our coach, we got a new coach. Um, Our old coach, full-time job, he couldn't really do much. So he pulled in a lot of guys. We had a guy from the USHL, a guy from the NA. Um, We had a lot of good kids coming in. So we could compete with a lot of those better teams.
0: So flash forward now, going back to the free agent camp, which was a few weekends ago here right at Mentor Ice Arena, what was your first experience like in that kind of whole free agent camp process? What was that like for you as a player?
2: Um, it wasn't my first, actually. I went to Port Hurons last year. I took a week off from school just to test it out. So I went over there. Um, I will say it was run really well. I was very surprised. Uh I enjoyed it a lot. I thought the games were pretty high, high paid. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun experience.
1: What do you think you showed personally during that camp that kind of helps you stand out and earn that invite to main training camp? I mean, there's a lot of goalies there and very limited spots for main camp.
2: Uh, I don't know. For me, I'm big. I like, I mean, I move pretty well. I just kind of I keep it simple. I mean, I, don't know, I didn't get, no one really got a ton of shots. He kind of just. Have confident and play well
0: so coming up uh you know you're from the northeast the central kind of area but what were your first impressions of northeast Ohio and had you ever been up here before coming up for camp
2: uh no no I mean I passed through all my way. ways playing Colorado don't know if I passed through Ohio I have before I don't know what reason but uh it's nice I, I like it out there a lot the people are really nice even going to the local these or something like that with the boys one the one night so I had a good impression of it.
1: So obviously at this point, nothing's really guaranteed. I mean, you're in a competition uh, for that roster spot with probably a couple other goaltenders. What do you think you need to do just to show Coach Ragnow that you're the guy for the job this season?
2: Uh, I mean, I try not to think about it too much. I kind of just let the my uh, play on the ice speak for itself. Uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty easy. I get prepared for every skate and
1: you know, play
0: well. Did you have any familiarity with uh, Nick Russo, the GM Director of Hockey Operations, before coming to camp? Because obviously with strong ties to the Westchester area that he has, having coached at Rustin High School for so many years. So did you know yeah. him at all?
2: I actually didn't, but uh, once I signed my PTO, he uh, he called me. So I got a call from him, and he was uh, telling me everything. He knows a lot of the players. He knew, he knew my coach from Westchester. Uh, he coached a good amount of kids played with so it was cool hearing from him.
0: Yeah both coach Ragnall and uh, GM Nick Russo strong ties from the Ohio through Pennsylvania and into Canada area so a lot of great players there as you could attest to have' played um, and I wanted to ask you you know with the chance to possibly play for uh, a head coach who played goaltender, and then was the goaltender coach for the icebreakers. Is that something that seems really exciting? Because you know that uh coach Ragnell has had that focus and knows exactly what it takes to be a goalie in mentally and physically every night.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm actually really excited to have you know a coach that's a goalie. I've a goalie coach since junior, so it's been four or five. Years. So I'm excited to have that also.
0: Well, thanks. Uh we really appreciate you taking some time today. Uh, Brendan Colgan, um, who had a very nice free agent camp. will be joining the team for the camp in December and, uh, you know, wish you the best of luck and hopefully get to see you out there on the ice games are supposed to be happening about a week before Christmas, actually. So hope to see you out there and good luck here in the rest of the off season. Awesome. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Looking for a way to keep your child connected with the icebreakers this hockey season. The team will be offering one-hour youth enhancement sessions every Wednesday at 1 p.m. at Menor Ice Arena from October 7th through December 16th. Sessions will be led by Icebreakers coaches and players and focus on enhancing the skills of each player in attendance. Sessions are open to youth hockey players of any age and players will be divided into groups based on age and skill level. For more information and to register, visit mentoricebreakers.com enhancement. All right, now it's time for the front office feature, and we are with Lake Health Athletic Trainer and Athletic Trainer for the Menor Icebreakers, Sean Bailey. So, Sean, thanks for joining us here on this Monday morning.
3: Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: So, tell us a little bit, and all the fanatics listening at home, a
3: little bit about your role with the team. So, uh, my role with the team basically is to pretty much fulfill all the healthcare needs for the players and the staff whether it be like anything as simple as a toothache to post-surgical interventions or whatnot. I do basically everything when it comes to healthcare for the organization.
1: How does your job kind of change on game days compared to non-game days? Does your role uh, change when there's a game that night?
3: Oh yeah. uh, So non-game days, I'm more, or practice days, I'm more doing rehabilitations and, pre-game and post-game treatments, uh, game days. I'm actually doing more game prep and basically emergency care prep just in case anything happens. We don't want that to happen. So it changes a little bit, but uh, not drastically.
0: Tell us a little bit about your background and where were you before you joined the team?
3: Oh, okay, so my background is I'm an athletic trainer. Uh, been, I went to University of Akron, graduated in 2015. Uh, From there, I did a couple of stints in the NFL after I completed grad school. Um, Right before I joined the team, I was with the Chicago Bears as an intern athlete trainer.
0: That had to be a a great experience right off the bat with a professional team.
3: Oh, yeah. It was was an amazing experience. You learn a lot. You see a lot. You see things that you normally wouldn't see because it is the NFL. So they get stuff done in a very timely manner. (laughs) So I just learned, he taught me a great deal of attention to detail and getting things done like within a split second and things like that. So.
1: Uh, so what's your role in both preventative and rehabilitative care? Because it seems like those are the two main things that a trainer focuses on. I mean, is it kind of different aspects of both that you focus on?
3: Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, if you do well preventatively, then you won't have many injuries to deal with. Uh, post-rehabilitative if that makes sense so basically if you do as much as you can to prevent injuries then your workload or your rehabilitation load in theory should decrease uh as the season goes goes on now that's in theory weird things happen especially in hockey so (laughs) so that's that's a great (laughs) that's a great point though i mean
0: you know the more prep work you do uh it's going to help out in the long run now you can't prevent Freak things that happen on the ice. And like you're talking about, guys getting boarded up or if there's a fight or anything. But uh, definitely, I, I could see the hockey, you know, the preventative care paying leaps and bounds off uh, to avoid at least extra rehabilitative
3: care. Yeah. For example, like your soft tissue injury should decrease, but mm-hmm. your fractures are like freak accidents. You can't prevent your fractures and things like that. You don't ever know if they're going to happen. So just things like soft tissue injuries and ankle sprains and stuff like that, you couldn't do well to prevent. But, like I said, the freak stuff you can't can't right. prepare for. So what's your favorite part of working with the team? Um, the staff. <laughs> my favorite part is the staff. That and getting to know the players and watching them grow and eventually going on to higher leagues. It's a pretty rewarding job if you look at it. <clears throat> That's my favorite part. Hearts.
1: <laughs> you know, as a trainer, um, you know, players are obviously trying to advance to the next level. Do you kind of have that same mindset where – this is kind of interdevelopmental league, obviously. Do you also want to move up eventually in the pro sports ranks? Is that kind of the ultimate goal?
3: Uh I mean, I've been up there in the ranks. And, um, if I had the opportunity, I would, but I'm not like striving to do it. I, really, I like what I'm doing right now. It's just, every level you go on, it's the same, same principles. Everything's the same. Pretty much, the environment just changes. So I'm basically I'll be doing the same exact thing I'm doing if I went to the NHL or the NFL, things like that. Just how I would do it would change, and the environment and like how we travel, that, that's the only thing that changes. Like The basis of athletic training stays the same, though. So.
0: Well, it's nice to be home, too. You get to do you know for a pro team and still be in the area. Um, so that's got to be nice, too. But what are, you, what are you most excited for for this upcoming season?
3: Uh, I'm ex- I think we've got a lot of good guys coming in. And I'm just excited to hopefully make a run, make a playoff push, <laughs> honestly. That sounds good.
1: And over the first 2 seasons with the team, what do you think your favorite memories just being around the Icebreakers have been?
3: Uh probably just our uh, long trips like our Columbus trip and then our Carolina trip like the week long trips. Got the my best memories were those trips and my my favorite memory was breaking Carolina's winning streak, the first team to break it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that was definitely a great memory and uh you know, look forward to uh getting the team back out there on the ice now we're a couple months out hopefully is the fphl latest news so uh sean we we appreciate you taking some time here today in the first front office feature and definitely a great appreciation for uh u.s athletic trainer in person a vital vital role to the uh success of the men are icebreakers thank you guys
3: it's been great thanks for
0: having me yep take care you too have you ever wondered who had the most saves in one game as a Menor Icebreakers goalie? Or when the first Menor shorthanded goal was scored? How about a complete trade log of all the Icebreakers trades made throughout the years? All this and much more can be learned and yours to take home in our brand new Menor Icebreakers information and record book keepsake. Go to MenorIcebreakers.com and click the Team Store tab specially for this brand new professionally bound book and reserve your copy today. The books will be $15 and will be jam-packed with Icebreakers content. Reserve your copies today. All right, we're joined now by head coach Sebastian Ragnow for our Coach's Corner segment. And coach, last week was a very, very busy and exciting offseason week. So we're going to go through that exciting week and get your thoughts on all the recent moves. And we'll start off with the signing that took place last Wednesday, uh, live for the Menor Icebreakers, picking up a man who's ECHL and SPHL experience to his name, a forward Marcus Ortiz. So if you could talk to us a little bit about the excitement to get a guy of his caliber joining the uh, front line of the Icebreakers.
4: Yeah, Marcus has a lot of experience. Um, as you mentioned, he played in the SP, played in the Coast for a little bit. Um, he has some good D3 background to him as well. Uh, his name came across my desk, and I didn't really hesitate on um, trying to make sure that we could lock him down and bring him in as a veteran leader, um, you know, a high presence for the guys that want to move on in the future, someone that guys can look to, someone that's been there, um, done that. And, you know, he's, he's a great kid. I went to lunch with him when he came into town and um, got to know him a little better and you know he's really excited to be here um, and you know hopefully he won't be the last of signing of those caliber.
1: A couple of uh, old faces coming back this season Von Clauston reacquired in a trade at the Clumps River Dragons then Tim Perks his right are sent back to the icebreakers after Motor City decided to go dormant. Just have any thoughts on those two guys going back to camp?
4: Uh, yeah um, you know Von's a an offensive defenseman that I think could fit into our lineup pretty well. Um, you know, with some some moves on the back end happening, I think you know he's got a good shot of filling some of those roles. And Timmy's, uh, you know, he's a highly skilled forward. Um, you know, it's it's nice to have him back, um, but you know, at the end of the day, these guys still have to fight for a spot in the lineup, and you know, nothing's guaranteed, just like any other guy in our in our organization.
0: Yeah, the uh, trade with Vaughn was one of two trades a week ago on Monday, the 19th, the big trade also taking place between the icebreakers and the Carolina Thunderbirds uh, sending longtime icebreaker Declan Conway in exchange for very prolific scorer and Daniel Martin and defenseman Jason Stone. So as a head coach, uh, talk us a little bit about what we're getting from the Thunderbirds there in that two for one package.
4: Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely an upgrade on our end. Um, you know, we bring in, uh, Stone, who's a very physical defenseman. He's going to add some grit to the lineup. Um, you know, he played with Mark Steele over in Battle Creek previously, and he was actually a target that we had looked at, um, last season. And then, um, Daniel Martin, again, physical guy. Um, he's a power forward, he scores goals, um, puts points on the board and you know just like Ortiz he's a guy that's been called up he knows what the show's like um you know he, he knows this league in and out he knows the SB um and again a, a veteran guy a leader that we can bring into the locker room that guys are going to look to um on how to get to the next level um you know a lot of a lot of guys I think are forgetting that it's not just about this year it's about building for the future um and a, a guy like you know um Martin a guy like uh, Beck that we brought in, a guy like um, you know Ortiz, they're going to bring experience and they're going to get these guys hungry for not only getting called up this year but also wanting to make that league next year. And it's our job at the end of the day is move players on.
1: And moving on to the two dispersal dispersal drafts took place this past week. Uh, our for, our second overall pick in the Delaware draft, Anton Kalinin. What do you think he brings to the lineup?
4: He's uh he's one heck of a forward. That's for sure. Um, he's, he's speedy. Uh, he's a little smaller, but he's, you know, he, he's in and out of guys like crazy. Um, and again, he, he puts points on the board. I mean, that's what you're looking for in any type of forward. Um, he's going to fit in, in our top lines really, really nicely, um, add some speed, add some, um, some excitement, you know, some creativity to those lines. I'm looking forward to seeing him on the ice for sure. Following the
0: serpentine format of the dispersal draft, you got the 16th overall pick and the 17th overall pick in the Delaware Thunder draft picking up Thomas Municello and JC Moritz. Talk a little bit about what the icebreakers add in those back-to-back picks from the Thunder.
4: Yeah. Muni actually surprised us. We thought he was going to go pretty early. Um, I think he got overlooked heavily and that worked out in our favor. Um, Again, he's got a good background to him and, um, Played a little bit more later in the season and started to produce whenever he was playing uh, later in the season. So I think he's got a lot of potential to him. Um, JC as well, you know, another D three background guy. Um, you know, he, he played pro last year, so he's got a year of pro under his belt, and he was coming into a Delaware team that was going to be big and physical. Um, so you know, with JC, we get a big guy who's who's going to lay the body, who's going to um, you know produce offense in the offensive zone and most importantly keep uh, Jake and our other goalies safe.
1: And then moving on to that Motor City Rockers dispersal draft not quite as many players to choose from but it seems like we've got a pretty good one and Nick Nick Treffery with the first overall pick.
4: Yeah I think uh, there was a lot of buzz about Treff um, you know and I just I happen to know him fairly well um, over the summer i actually talked to him before he signed in uh, Frazier so I got to know him pretty well um, and I know he's excited to come here I uh, I gave him a call the night before to make sure he'd be okay with coming to Manor and he said yeah absolutely and right after the draft I gave him another shout to let him know that we picked him <clears throat> and uh he answered with a, a hefty yeah to say the least so um <laughs> we were uh, we're pretty excited to have him coming in.
0: Uh, just piggybacking off the last two players you talked about, Moritz and uh, Treffery a lot of size there defensively. Six four two hundred five for JC and six three two twenty nine for Trefri. Um, and that's something you know. I know we started looking at picking up more starting with Mark Steele last year, but it's got a night It's got to be nice to know you're bringing in, uh, like you said, some big bodies to protect Jake back there.
4: Yeah, um, <clears throat> a lot of. A lot of people just looking on paper, not so familiar with the game, think it's for intimidation or other purposes. Um, I mean, the reality is the bigger you are, the, the the longer reach you have with your stick, um, you know, the heavier you are to move, the easier you are to win battles, that type of stuff. So adding some size on the back end, um, you know, it definitely helps whenever you're looking at the roster and everybody's over, you know, six foot or whatever, but it's not so much about that. It's more so about the actual ability of the players. And I think that the guys that we brought in, not only are big and physical, but they're also mobile, um, and, you know, successful in their own rights.
1: And obviously, throughout the offseason, it seems like the plan has kind of changed a couple of times just as new information comes out, just kind of reacting to the environment um, with so many guys now under contract. What's the situation looking like for main training camp this December? Is everybody signed to PTO going to be there or who's going to be invited to that?
4: Um, no, our, uh, our roster is pretty deceiving. Um, you know, as as anybody else, we have transactions every day um, that we're you know working on guys, uh, new guys coming in, old guys going um trades that kind of stuff so um two dispersal drafts definitely isn't what we were planning on going into the summer um you know we we expected to not have any of those guys so those are nice additions um but again those guys have to compete to make our lineup um training camp will have uh, a little over 30 guys coming in to battle for a spot um, some guys might start in camps with SP teams, you know, and drop down and then, uh, we'll kind of see where their cuts go as well.
0: So again, we're talking with head coach, Sebastian Ragno of the Minnesota Icebreakers and, uh, coach, what's your role going to look like over the next couple of months before the season starts now with the target date of December 18th, today's October 26th. And we're getting closer to eventually get into that on ice period.
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's getting pretty exciting. You know, we're uh, getting down to the last wire as we start to approach the season here. And, um, you know, I've definitely picked up talks a little more frequently with uh, GM Nick Russo and our player coach, Josh Newberg. Um, you know, Josh and I are trying to finalize everything for training camp as far as what our schedule is going to look like, um, as far as who we really do want to bring in, um, any moves that we want to make, that type of thing. Uh, Nick and I are making sure that everything's, you know, ready for the guys to get here as far as housing and meals and everything else on that end. Um, But, you know, the the fun part is and the unfortunate part at the same time is five SB teams just dropped out of their league. Um, you know, two teams just dropped from our league. Some coast teams are dropping. So there's a lot of talent. There's a, a hefty pool of players that are available um, at all levels. And, you know, over the next couple months, I'm uh, making sure I do my due diligence to, um, you know, bring in any guys that I think can improve our lineup, just like Ortiz or uh, Martin, you know.
0: Oh, we're talking again with uh, head coach, Randall, and thank you for uh, joining us on this coach's corner and definitely very excited to uh as we get closer, next couple of months, see that on ice product. And, uh, you know, to, in wrapping things up here, you, you know, we talked about Ortiz as the forward getting Daniel Martin in, a uh, lot of firepower add to that front line. And you have to like how the pieces of the puzzle are coming together here.
4: Yeah, it's, um, as you mentioned, it's a puzzle. Um, you know, not all pieces are going to fit correctly. Um, sometimes you might lose one under the table. But um, at the end of the day, we're trying to make sure that picture is complete and looks good up on the wall.
0: Well, Coach, we look forward to seeing you and the team out there shortly. And appreciate you taking some time to talk to us and the Fanatics today. Thanks, gentlemen. Take care. All right, we're going to take a look around the FPHL, which, by the way, the league put out, they will return to play tentatively on December 18th. And as of right now, the Icebreakers will have a minimum of 23 home games this season. And Jared and I were talking, and we got to get to that schedule. So hopefully, if in the next two episodes, we'll do a schedule release and take a look at that. But right now, we're going to take a look at the official dispersal drafts for all the teams as the Delaware Thunder and the Motor City Rockers going dormant for the upcoming 2020 2021 season. The Icebreakers, again, quick to recap, uh, picked up. Anton Kalinin, Thomas Munichello, J.C.
1: Moritz, and Nick Treffery. I think it is important to note that the rights to all these guys will be returned to their original teams next season uh, when Motor City and Delaware both do return to the league. But uh, continuing on here, Port Huron selected Anthony Puplo, Joel Brask, Matthias Telstrom, and Cody Williams. The Elmira Enforcers selected goaltender Aaron Taylor, Evgeny Demin, Aaron Cook-Smith, and Adam Kuhn. The Carolina Thunderbirds picked Noah Wilde, Kieran Devine, and Cameron Wierick. Watertown Wolves picked up Alex Spacey, Jacob Bull, Bryce Litke, and Chase Horn. The Danville Dashers picked up Justin Scott, Darius Davidson, Charlie Penns Jr., and Mark Anthony Simonetta. Uh, the Danbury Tricks selected Daniel, De- Daniel Cristofaro and Anthony Pisano. The Columbus River Dragons picked up Nathan Pelligra, Taylor Cutting, and Dante Suffredini. And two things to note are the Hat tricks. and River Dragons. both, They both passed on two of their selections, and the Carolina Thunderbirds passed on one of their picks.
0: Very interesting to pass, but even for a casual fan, there's some names you're going to recognize there. I mean, Elmira, uh, Evgeny Demin, Aaron Taylor, some names there, Watertown with Alex Basie, uh, Darius Davidson and Charlie Penn Jr. for Danville, De Cristofaro. Going to Danbury, Nathan Peligra, and Taylor Cunning to Columbus. Um, The guys, obviously, we've already recapped from the icebreakers. But uh, some quality players there picked up in the dispersal draft.
1: I think the icebreakers, obviously, were in the best position to pick up talent in this dispersal draft. And I probably would say they got the best haul overall. But you look at like Elmira, they got Aaron Taylor, a really good veteran goaltender in the FPHL. Could give them some really good depth. Uh, Evgeny Demin, another good forward for the Thunder, Aaron Cook-Smith, the guy that really came on at the end of last season. He had a couple of two-goal games, including one against the Icebreakers. Also looking at Watertown, Alex Spacey, really good physical defenseman. Bryce Litt, he a guy who's played for the Wolves before, uh, down in, over in Danville, I should say. Darius Davidson really came on for the Thunder at the end of last season. And then Charlie Penn Jr., a name who Danville, uh, Dashers fans are really familiar with because he was with the Dashers for the season before the Thunder came.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. The influx of talent coming from the SPHL, the two teams going dormant. So for one year, these teams will have the rights to these players. So I think uh, it's going to improve the play overall Uh, for this year. You're going to see some really unique and interesting matchups on the ice with some teams having more depth than usual. And Jared, as we talked about uh, December 18th is the target date that is less than two months away. So, uh, If you're a fanatic or a fan of the FPHL or hockey in general or sports happening, it's nice to know
1: that we are getting closer to that target date. And I think you're going to see a lot of that physical trademark FPHL play. You know, you still got guys like Basie, like Taylor Cutting, uh, like Anthony Pistano, those big physical guys that are really just around to throw out those big hits and play physically. Uh, But at the same time, there's so much talent coming in to the league this season. You're going to see a much faster-paced, more skilled game overall. And it's
0: interesting. You know, Delaware Thunder would have been their second year in the league. They were starting to uh, come together as a team and battling with the Menor Icebreakers for that would have been final spot in the Eastern playoffs. Motor City, you know, they had the excitement in August, the uniform unveil, cool uniforms, nice name up in Fraser, Michigan. They're going to, you know, probably smartly wait it out a year and uh, join fresh the following season. So an eight-team FPHL uh, coming up. Um, you know obviously that means the players have a less less amount of teams to go to you said there's five SPHL franchise going so a lot of talent uh, that could be pulled together and I think so far the icebreakers have done a pretty good job I'd say a great job in uh, getting ours together and a nice job with the dispersal draft this took place last week as well um, on Thursday so Again, capping off that big week. Trades, returning players, uh, the big tri- uh, the big signing live of Ortiz, and then now the dispersal draft.
1: And it was a very busy week for the front office of the Icebreakers. And I think it also is worth noting that I believe it was the Columbus River Dragons who traded into the first overall pick in the Delaware draft, which the Icebreakers had held in that draft. So they moved down to number two overall. I believe it was River Dragons who picked up Nathan Peligra, and the Icebreakers took Anton Kalinan. So really... I think both teams got the guys they were looking for it. uh, Maybe just better
0: fits for each franchise, but either player, uh, a good fit or a good player to get for either team, but probably just personal preference on what they were looking for at the time. So the River Dragons, yeah, had the first pick, and then the Icebreakers had the first pick in the Motor City draft. So kind of interesting to put it all together and take a look at how the dispersal draft and what each franchise was thinking about Um, eight teams picking the two dormant teams' players, and that was on this past Thursday. And so now, as Jared said, important to remember, for one year, um, those four players specifically for the Icebreakers and all the other teams will be on their franchises that they were drafted to, but then their rights will return to either the Delaware Thunder, which is in most cases of these players, or the Motor City Rockers next season. All right, Jared, what a show, what an episode six, recapping especially a very busy and exciting off season for the Icebreakers last week. And We got to catch up with head coach Sebastian Ragno as well and get his thoughts, and it was definitely a uh, fun episode seeing the Icebreakers move forward and uh, up and up on the uh, getting ready
1: for the 2020-2021 season. Yeah, really interesting hearing Brendan Colgan's perspective on just his experiences at training camp and what he's looking for moving forward. It's just that mentality of control you can control and everything else will work itself out which is kind of interesting especially this season where it's so tough for so many guys to find a season or team to play with got to control the control balls
0: and uh it was also great to get the perspective from athletic trainer sean bailey and uh, his insight on his very vital role with the team as well and uh also, catch you up on all the trades, transactions, signings, and inner workings with the dispersal draft from the Menor Icebreakers. And look forward to an exciting episode 7 cut up. We're going to bring back the front office feature, we'll have another uh, member of the staff. Join us for the Fanatics to hear what their job's like, as well as Fan Mailbox with General Manager and Director of Hockey Operations, Nick Russo. So submit your questions online, and of course, catching you up on all the stuff around the FPHL
1: and men or Icebreakers. And we're still at the point where next episode, we could have a schedule, we could have no schedule, it's just, we kind of are going to... React to whatever news Roll comes the out dice. as we go along.
0: But <laughs> well, we appreciate you listening as always, and until next time, we'll see you all
1: later.